what is going on everybody welcome back uh part two of our nfl draft 2023 series got my guy Stu in the building today going to talk about um the most high most important position in all of sports really uh quarterback position heading into the draft this coming up thursday night um so Stu, thank you for coming on man How, how's it going it's been a minute Dude, it's been a while. Dude, I, I'm having fun. Uh, I've dropped almost all of my rankings. Um, I'm a little bit behind. I got, I still got to drop the offensive line rankings. Last ones I got to drop, but uh, a little bit behind, you know, work and, and life, how that happens sometimes. So my plan is to have the offensive line done this weekend, get it out by the end of the night, Saturday night is my goal, and to have it all done and drop my top 50 big board next week and my, my final mock draft before the NFL draft begins. Yeah, yeah, you definitely been dropping a lot of uh, a lot of these prospects coming up. Uh, we're here to talk about the quarterbacks, as I mentioned before, most important position in all the sports, most um, overdrafted position in all the sports. Uh, that that's, that's the position could make or break. You never know. Uh, so everybody's going to try to find that Peyton Manning first round number one pick. Um, all the way to finding the next Tom Brady, all the way to pick 199. Um, so we'll start with who you have at number five, and you have Will Levis um, sitting at your number five spot, which I th- a lot of people, a lot of people I would say probably wouldn't agree with it. A lot of people like Will Levis. Um, so what is it about him that you really like? Yeah, what I like about Will is that he's played in two pro-style offenses the last two years. He's got a big arm. He's mobile. Everything that the scouts like about him is true. Like, he does have the potential to be the next Josh Allen. He has that potential with the big arm, you know, the mobility, those types of things, and the fact that he's played in a pro-style offense. So he he knows how to go through reads and, and process and those types of things, and those are the things I think he does well that NFL coaches like. And – I do think that he is um, – I think he is a a baller, like all football type of thing. Like you saw the play there. Like he's able to back back and then off his back foot, not be completely set, make a throw like that, drive that. That's a big arm, big time play. Like that's something scouts are looking at and saying they really like. And you're like, well, you may say, Stu, is the wide receiver's wide open there. There's another guy on this list that's ahead of him that that has missed some wide open guys. And so you can say what you want about him being wide open, but that's a big time, you know, that's a big time throw, throwing off your back foot. You're going to get plays like that, especially if you wind up going to a place like Indianapolis, who we saw last year, didn't have as great of an offensive line as we thought. You're going to have to, you know, throw backpedaling those types of things. Yeah. A lot of people will say that throwing to a wide open receiver is probably the hardest thing you can do because you mess that up. Like everybody's talking about it. You can throw into double, triple coverage, and if it gets tipped, you're going to say, people are going to say, well, you shouldn't have thrown it. But when you throw it to a wide open receiver, you know, a little bit more pressure. Um, but yeah, to be able to make the that, that throw off the back foot, very impressive. Um, so what are the things that you don't – because you're, you're pretty big on Will Levis, right? If you are a Colts fan, if he goes to Indianapolis, uh, you're, you're, you're about it, right? Uh, I, I – at this point, I would rather have Anthony Richardson. I think there's more for AR. There's more potential. The it, It's higher. 
coming into this process last year, when this started in August, I said, man, I think Will Levis is going to be the second best quarterback in this draft class behind CJ Stroud. It didn't turn out to be that way. And I think the reason is, and, and we'll see it here, is you'll watch. This is just one of the throws, but there's three guys surrounding that wide receiver. I don't know what his thought process was. I don't know where he thought he was trying to fit that football, but you threw it into a guy, to a wide receiver who has three defensive backs right there. I don't care where you're trying to put that. That's not going to be successful very often. And it wound up getting picked, as you saw there. And that's what happens. And I know this is one game. And you can say, well, Stuart, it's one game. But I can go through seven or eight games this year where there's decisions like this every single play almost or every single game. And you sit there and you you look at it and you say, man, like, what does he do? Like, what is he thinking on these types of things and and these types of plays? And my my biggest problem with a guy like Will Levis is he that the reason I can live with if this was Anthony Richardson, the reason I can live with this decision and these types of things, Cruz, is he's like Anthony Richardson has only played 13 games. He's only been in, he's only been playing 13 games. There's some, there's probably some defenses he hasn't seen before. There's probably some things he hasn't seen before. Will Levis is 25 years old. He's a senior in high school. He's tra- or senior in college. He's transferred from to from Penn State to Kentucky. He's played a pro style offense. He knows what he's doing. And the fact that you're 25 and you're making these decisions, I think it's a bit too late to fix, in my opinion. And and those are the reasons as I've gotten into this process that he's kind of dropped and people like Mel Kuyper and everybody else are going to make excuses and say, well, the team around him is so bad that he's, he had to play hero ball. And I get it. Like you got to be aggressive at times. Don't get me wrong, but there's a difference Cruz in being aggressive and being dumb. And a lot of times the decisions he makes are being dumb. I'm not saying him as a player is dumb, just some of the decisions he makes and, and those types of things you're sitting there watching tape and you're saying, why would you even make that decision? Because he's sitting at 6'3", 232 pounds. That's prototypical quarterback. It's not somebody looking at like a Kyler Murray or or a Baker Mayfield. He has the height. He has the weight to play in the NFL. It's just a matter of, again, the decision-making. And that just comes with experience in the league. We've seen that with Kate. You know know, perfectly well Peyton Manning's rookie year was not. If you would have looked at just his rookie year, you would have thought he – it was a, the bus, bus of the century. Um, turned out to be, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, again, it just comes and, with And let me but... say, let me preference by saying this. Like, every quarterback on this list, one through five, it's going to be about where they land and who their coach is and those types of things. 100%. Every one of these guys can be successful. As much as I've been out on here and I've, I've been out there and I've been saying – negative things about Will Levis and I've said negative things about Anthony Richardson. My point remains, my point will be these guys can be successful given the right opportunity. I mean, look at this. That's a big league arm. Like that's what scouts right now are drooling about. But I described it like this when I had uh, Zach McKinnell on my podcast is with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they're the pretty girl, right? And your friends are trying to tell you about all these red flags, dude, but you you're ignoring it because she's the pretty girl. 
that's where we're at right now with those two guys is the big arm, the ability that the ability to create, that's the, that's the pretty girl version of them that you're ignoring the, the bad decision-making, the inaccuracies, these types of things, because you're so enamored with the beauty or so enamored with the, the things that they do well, that a lot of these people that I hear podcasters, everybody else, when I'm listening to, to Colts podcast, or I'm listening to everything else, they're not talking. They're talking about how perfect these guys are, but yet demeaning somebody like Hendon Hooker, who we'll talk about later, who's a better quarterback. Um, yeah, perfectly segueing into into who you have at number four. Well, he's not number four, but Anthony Richardson. You have him sitting there at number four, and this is somebody that you uh, you. you put out an article earlier this year um not bashing him but saying like basically be be wary of him um so what has made you what has made you kind of switch i wouldn't say switch it's more so the fact of you have to you have to think that he's only played 13 games and the question becomes cruz if if he played 26 games and he played the same teams that he played last year over again, and he saw the same defenses over again, would he make the same mistakes? I would like to think no. I would like to think that some of the mistakes he's made are because of the fact that he's so young and he's so raw and those types of things. But I watch him, I watch him play and there's stuff there that you can like the six, four, two forty four. Big arm, big body stuff is beautiful. But then there's stuff like this. Like, listen, that throw right there is a throw in the NFL. You're going to have to hit 10 times out of 10. And he misses that throw more often than he should. I, I heard Joe Klatt say something earlier that I completely agree with. I, I It's something I've always thought, but I didn't know how to word. And he said, you got to be really good at being good. Right. Like you got to consistently be good at being good in the NFL. He has moments where he's great at Utah game. We saw it where he went absolutely great, but he's not good consistently. And this is a throw in the NFL. You got to make like you're going to make you want to get a second contract in the NFL. You want to make what Jalen Hurts makes. You got to make these throws. And again, it's mechanic issues. His arm kind of trails his hips when he whips around. His, his arm kind of works as an independent contractor at times, so it causes things to happen. And, and then there's plays like this. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then why is that ball 10 yards behind the wide receiver? You want to know something, Cruz? Everybody likes to poke fun and, and make a hard time at Jordan Love. I watched Jordan Love make the throw coming out of the draft about seven times out of seven times. He puts it in that back corner. It's a touchdown. Like those are the things that I look at and say, beautiful job of escaping, beautiful job of creating the play. But why is that five yards to ten yards behind the wide receiver? You put that in the back corner at six. I, it, it, those are the things where I have questions. And I know people laugh at the scouting scouting combine, and, and I agree. Like you can't get things out of the combine that much. But what you can see is are the inaccuracies the weapons, right? Like that's the excuse with him. And you, I watched it in the combine. He missed some throws where you say, dude, you're in, you're in a shirt and underwear. How are you missing those throws? Yeah. I remember 
when Johnny Manziel did his his pro day, he did it in in pads and helmet, and he looked good. But still, at the end of the day, you're not you're not going up against live competition. And the more the older I've gotten, the more I've covered football and since I've started podcasting. Actually, looking at it from an analytical standpoint, the more I've realized the dra- the combine really is really pointless because you're not every everything from the quarterbacks throwing the forty yard dash. You're running forty yards in 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 compression shorts and, and a compression shirt, with you're not making any sudden movements. So, but it do, it is helpful in some aspects in the sense of like what I was talking about with with Anthony Richardson, the fact of like okay, the inaccuracies do show up when we're doing this. And the last year, when with a guy like Kenny Pickett, in the sense of I can tell you this, Cruz, I watch Kenny Pickett was my number one quarterback going into the combine. I watched him throw. I said, that arm is weak, and I changed it in the combine. Like, the ball just didn't pop out. Looked like he was having to give everything he had to throw. That's where the combine helps, but for the most part, I agree with you. It is it is kind of a crapshoot. You are not you can't simulate real football that way. Right. So let, let's talk about some of the things you like about Anthony Richardson because in this play right here, I'm about to pull up, he, he does a good job of not necessarily escaping – but, but working the pocket. I mean, great right. awareness there to step up. Understand you got a man coming down. You step up. You keep your eyes down the field. Beautiful. Step over to the right. Make that throw. And that's, you know, a positive game. Those, that's things he does as well. But that's what I'm talking about. He doesn't consistently do that enough to, you know, for me to say this guy's the next Cam Newton or this guy's the next Josh Allen or those types of things. Again, though, it's 13 games, Cruz. If maybe if he goes somewhere and he plays, then and he sits behind the guy, maybe it works out. I'm just saying I don't see this consistently enough for me to sit here and, and pound on the table and say he's quarterback number two and, and those types of things. It's just he's the guy that I look at at the end of the day and I say, if all if everything goes right and he goes to the right quarterback or the right uh, coach, he's going to be super, super successful in the NFL. But it, it also, he's he ran a 4-4 at, at 244. Let's, let's not forget about that. Like, how many quarterbacks are running a 4-4 at 244? Like, very few. So, there's a blueprint, Cruz. Let me say this. I, the blueprint is the Josh Allen slash Jalen Hurts um, – blueprint you let them run let them use their legs learn the game as a passer and then by the time you get to year three type of thing you unleash your arm and hope it works out and i think there, there's a blueprint there for ar the ceiling is outrageous that's why he's four for me and not five where i had him so many other times is that ceiling dude if he hits and you hit on this and i'm wrong and that's fine i don't care i'll be wrong i've been wrong before but i've also been 100 correct um if if I'm wrong and, and he hits, dude, he's probably going to be the best quarterback in this draft class, and it's not even going to be a question. But if he misses, he could go down as one of the biggest busts of all time, too, depending on where you draft him. Where do you see Anthony Richardson realistically falling? Is he going to be one of those that that gets drafted too high because of ceiling? Yeah. like And – Keith Sanchez of the Draft Network was on my podcast a while back, and we talked about these two quarterbacks, and he made a good point. 
And you kind of talked about it in your intro, right? You said it's the most reached on position in the NFL draft. And I agree with that. Like he made the point and I agree with it is if Will Levis and Anthony Richardson were running backs and they put together the season that they put together, they'd be sixth, seventh round draft picks and nobody would be talking about them in the top 10. But the fact that their quarterbacks were talking about them going to the top 10, AR 15, we're talking about him going in the top four. And I think he'll get drafted in the top four, maybe top five because of the talent he has. I honestly, I think, I think Levis might fall a little bit because I do think teams look at it and say, you are 24 years old. You are 25 years old. Why are you still making some of the decisions you make? He's got very much the Jameis Winston aspect in him where it's like four years down the road. Are we still going to be dealing with this? And you know, uh, it is what it is, but I way to do me there, Ken. The Colts don't need a veteran quarterback. We've been down that road. Uh, I just, I think, yeah. At the end of the day, man, I, I think neither one of those guys should go into top four. But if you were going to take one, I think it would be AR. So, gotta ask you a personal question: Is AR fifteen at sixteen to Washington? What, what do you think about that? You'd be lucky if he falls that far, but if he does fall that far, I mean, I I don't see why you wouldn't, especially with – I hate to make this comparison because Cam was such a much better quarterback coming out than AR was, but we've seen what you could – I could see a guy like Ron Rivera looking at Anthony Richardson and saying, I've had a guy similar to this with a big frame, a big body, a big arm who could run fast. And I had a lot of success. So we'll have to pull the trigger, but he'll have to get it past 11 at Tennessee first. And he'll have to get past some other teams there. I think if he makes it to pass Indianapolis, he probably goes at five or six and, and maybe eight if he's still there for Atlanta. So we'll see. I If Washington were, was going to do that, they'd have to trade up to go get him. Listen, anything's possible. I think they like Sam. I think they, they want Sam Howell to be their guy, and they should because he's very – I think he's very, very good, and I think he'll show that this year. But at the end of the day, if they do want him, they're going to have to trade him to go get him, I think. Yeah, looking at the draft order, Panthers obviously are going to get a quarterback. Texans get a quarterback. We think, no... we, we, we think they're going to get a quarterback. There's a lot of things going on now saying they may not. Who The, the Texans? Yeah, there's a lot of things saying that they're not – they may not take a quarterback, that they haven't fully committed to that. I mean, I doubt it. I think they will take a quarterback, but maybe they don't. Maybe they throw a wrench in the plans and they have a defensive-minded head coach. Maybe they take it – maybe they take Will Anderson. Who knows? I think a good possibility would be if they don't love anybody there at two, they might trade back a little bit. I hope they screw this up because I want I want <laughs> CJ or I want Bryce Young to be in Indianapolis. So I want them to screw this up, but – and you got the Cardinals who think they have a quarterback, but they don't. That's a trade spot there. So let's say let's say Panthers take Bryce Young one. Houston passes takes C takes uh Will Anderson and CJ Trout falls or or Bryce Young falls. I I don't know who would do that, but there are some teams that you could look at. Atlanta might be one of them. Let's see. I don't know if Las Vegas, if the Raiders are still interested because of the fact that they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know it's just a two-year deal, but 
I think Josh McDaniels is finally smart enough to realize that if he doesn't hit on the quarterback position after you missed on Tim Tebow and some other guys, which I can we the Josh McDaniels conversation is a different one for a different day. <laughs> but I think he's finally smart enough to realize if we don't make this work, I won't have a job to be here to coach Anthony Richardson. So maybe they don't trade up to go get it because they do need secondary. Maybe Detroit, but I think they're pretty solid on on Jared Goff right now. I think they're I think they're trying to gear up for a playoff run, yeah, not definitely. necessarily grooming a young quarterback. Keep an eye on Seattle, though. That's the yeah. team where I look at it and I say they're being very funny in this whole situation. And if if there's a team that's going to jump the Colts to get somebody, it might be Seattle. Our guy. I, listen, I knew he was going to say that. That's <laughs> fine. I, and he, listen, my mind has changed on him. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and pound on the table and say I think AR 15s a bust like I would have, like like I would have. I don't know. Two three months ago, I I think he's got I think he's got the highest ceiling to be a bust in this draft, but I think he's also got the highest ceiling to be successful. So my my opinion on him's changed because ultimately, at the end of the day. No one really knows how this is going to work out, but I think, I think, man, if you hit on AR though, if you hit on AR as a GM, you can sign a blank paycheck and for as long as you want because AR is that guy. And I, there's a, listen, I, I know why Walker and other guys like him as quarterback one. I do. It's just the negatives are so strong for me where it's like I hesitate a little bit. Let's move on. Number three on your list is Cat from Tennessee. Had a very surprising season. Up, not up, yeah, upset Alabama. Let, let's be frank. They beat Alabama. Um, Goalpost found its way into a river. <laughs> good for them. It was a good win for them. It was a good win uh, for the state of Tennessee. Um, Hendon Hooker, you have him sitting there at number three. Uh, coming off an ACL tear, if I remember correctly, he had a pretty bad injury late in the season, and you still have him at three. Yeah, here's the thing. I Here's the thing, Cruz. At the end of the day, if he doesn't tear his ACL, he wins the Heisman Trophy, I don't think anybody's looking at me like I'm that crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he doesn't tear his ACL. He goes on to win the Heisman, and everybody else has him right where I have him. And nobody's looking at me like you're you're that crazy of a guy. The concern, I guess, if you can call it a concern, is the fact that he's 20 five 26 years old like he's an old guy coming out of the nfl but guess what Cruz? we just watched tom brady play until he was 40 true aaron Rodgers is what almost 42 like yep. who knows how old they are or aaron Rodgers is he's old but guess what still still kicking still playing at a high level just won back-to-back mvps not too long ago so this narrative that he's too old and stuff like that's kind of Dumb, in my opinion, because quarterbacks are playing longer than they've ever played before in the NFL. Now, I kind of think that this whole idea about him playing in the offense that he plays in and how it's a simplistic offense is a little silly to me. Because everyone talks about how he doesn't read defenses and how, or how you can't go through your progressions in the NFL. You're going to have to go from the left side of the field to the right side. and You may have to go back and then make the throw on the left side. Anybody who says that about Hendon Hooker did not watch the Alabama game. Uh, flat out simple. If you think he cannot go through progressions, you flat out did not watch him play Alabama. Point blank everything. 
he's a he's a guy who's got everything you want. He's got the big arm. He he pops off in the in the sense of he can make every throw. He's mobile. I think he's a smart guy. And you know, ultimately, I think this is a guy who his traits translate. He doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Those types of things. And I think he's going to be a guy who very similar to the guy who I have in pro comp to is Jalen Hurts. I think he goes in the second round. And I think he's a guy we're looking at in three years from now and saying, why did this guy go in the second? But Will Levis was drafted in the top 10. Like that doesn't make sense to me. I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. And we're going to be looking at a guy like Kenyon Hooker, just because I think Hooker has everything you want in the NFL quarterback. It's just everyone like, like uh, Walker's talking about here is a product of the system. And we'll see. Maybe he is, maybe he is, but I've seen enough. I go to the Alabama game again. He reads like in the Alabama game. He, he started from the left side, looked over to the right side. Nobody's there. Goes back to the left, makes a throw, scores a touchdown. Like, and he did that multiple times throughout that game. He's done it multiple times throughout the year. A lot like we'll talk about with CJ Stroud. There's a narrative around Hinton Hooker that's that's a false narrative that should be like smashed into the ground. The guy can read. The guy can go through progressions. He's very smart. He's got the talent. And for anyone who says he can't, did not they didn't find out, did not watch the Alabama game. That Alabama game was was something else. And even seeing even when, when he was at Virginia Tech, he still balled out. Again, some would say lesser talent than ACC. Lesser. And he's improved every year. That's yeah. the thing, too. Like guys like who we expect to take the jump, like uh Will Levis, haven't improved every year. He took a step back this year. And it, you know, it is what it is, and everyone's gonna talk about him because of the fact that, you know, he he played at Tennessee and the offense that he played in. But I ultimately at the end of the day. I think he's going to be the third best quarterback in this draft class, maybe the fourth, because AR may hit. And AR is probably, if he does hit, is probably going to just go nuts. But he, he ended the year with 27 touchdowns, 3,100 yards. I'm not trying to the box score scout, but you, you know, you got it up right there. So again, he probably wins the Heisman if he, if he stays healthy. He was the Heisman favorite when he got hurt. He probably wins the Heisman if he stays healthy. And, then everybody's not thinking I'm that crazy because I have him at quarterback three. Everybody's going to be like, you know, you're probably right. He probably is quarterback three. But because he got hurt, because he's 26, those types of things, it's, you know. So I'm not going to let Ken uh, disrespect you in my chat. He did he did ask uh, somebody to want to fly out a tanning, uh, tanning bed for you, Blair. <laughs> but uh, they don't get much sunlight over there in Indianapolis. Uh, beautiful city, I will say that. It's a fun city to go to for the most part, but not a whole lot of sun. Um, because he is the president and CEO of this network, I do have to give him some airtime. Will Levis, QB1. I think he's trolling. I think yeah, he is. Like I said, I, I have to give him airtime just because of who he is and where he stands within this network. Um, but moving on from Henry Hooker, this is where we get into into the real the real debate. And I feel like every... Most drafts, you have a one versus two, a one A, one B. And, That's more of what it is, right? And you you had the uh, Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf, which ended up not being, and these often don't end up being uh, much of a rivalry or comparison. Much like the Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf draft, 
much like the Andrew Luck RG3 draft, which we both know very, very well. <laughs> um, even the Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, neither of those really panned out. Uh, so you got you have Bryce Young at number two, quarterback from Alabama. And, and now we're seeing we're in an age where Nick Saban understands that he has to get quarterbacks because in the early 2000s, he was winning championships with A.J. McCarron and whoever hey, else. Don't, don't sleep on A.J., dude. I like <laughs> I didn't think he got a fair shake in the NFL, but right, tearing it up in the XFL. Yes, he is playing great in the XFL, but those are the kind of dudes he was winning yeah. with back then. And once he realized the shift of the quarterbacks in, in college football, he started going for the uh, two was the Jalen's, yeah. Bryce Young's. Um, so you have him sitting there at number two. And I have all season. Let's be very fair. Like a lot of guys like Chris Sims are coming out with, um, he's coming out with OCJ Stroud's number one overall as his number one quarterback. And it's like, that's fine. But I've had him since like week four when the Colts, when the Colts sucked. And I realized I've been on that bring CJ Stroud to Indianapolis train. Like he is the, like, People ask me all the time, what's the difference? Like, why is Stroud one and Bryce Young's two? And I'm not, I don't care that much about the height for Bryce Young. It's the weight that kind of scares me. The one He's probably going to play at 195, 185. And like, that kind of worries me a little bit. But again, if he's, and, and this is something I went back and watched. And what I'm about to say is the same thing Mel Kuyper said about Russell Wilson when he came out. He said if Russell Wilson was six foot five, he'd be undoubtedly the number one quarterback taken over Andrew Luck. If if Bryce Young's six foot five, we're not this isn't a conversation. Like at the end of the day, this is not a conversation. But he, he provides everything you want in a franchise quarterback. He's a great processor. The comparisons to Drew Brees is very much true because a lot like Drew, you can he processes, he sees things in the defense. He knows how to get there. He's got a good enough arm. He's creative. He can do everything you want him to do. He's he's everything you want the NFL quarterback. Just you probably would prefer for him to be the a bit taller. But he processes. He's got a good arm. It's not Anthony Richardson style or Will Levis style, but it's good enough to win games. It's good enough to to drive the ball through cold air. Which if he goes to Indianapolis or he goes to Houston or even if he goes to to Carolina, you don't have to worry about too much because in Carolina, you're going to be playing Atlanta who plays in a dome. You're playing Tampa Bay twice a year, once at home, once in sunny Florida. So you're not going to have to worry about it that much. But, yeah, I mean, this guy's everything you want in NFL quarterback. He doesn't do much wrong. The, what I think everybody likes about him and what I like about him is, unlike Tua, and, and unlike last year, he didn't have these guys that Tua had. He didn't have the Devontae Smith, the all these other guys that wound up being first-round picks to throw to this year. And guess what? Still elevated the play around him, elevated his teammates, and elevated everybody around him to be successful and to, to have a shot at, at, at the end of the year, maybe looking at maybe being a college football playoff team. Now they lost to Tennessee, and it didn't wind up happening. It happens, but that, I mean, he elevated the team around him. That's what you want in quarterbacks. That's what the other, that's what two of the three guys we mentioned beforehand, 
did not do. They did not elevate their guys. They didn't play better when when the talent around them wasn't so great. So yeah, he's he's my number two quarterback because ultimately he's everything you want in NFL quarterback. Just I would prefer him to be a little bit taller. So number one, obviously we know who it is. Um, gonna give his full top eight, but number one, you are staying away from the Ohio State quarterback narrative. Ohio State historically has not produced great quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, Troy Smith was barely in the league, played with the Ravens for a little bit. You go to Dwayne Haskins, which, you know, outside of his his untimely passing, didn't have a great start to his career. Uh, was released early in his career. Um, Justin Fields maybe looks like he's turning that around, but you still are staying away from the Ohio State narrative, and you do have C.J. Stroud as your top quarterback coming into Thursday night's draft. Yeah, because here's the thing, Cruz. At the end of the day, people like to make narratives and just assume that's what it is, right? Like everyone likes to assume if you play running back or defense in Alabama, whether you are or you're not, that you're one, you're the best running back in the country. And it doesn't always work like that. At the end of the day, you have to watch the tape. And I'm telling you, if and I've said this a hundred times, and I'll say it a hundred times more, CJ Stroud from he may not have the arm that Anthony Richardson has or Will Levis or may not be as mobile as those guys, which that's a narrative we can talk about because that's something I, I want to get off my chest is then he's not mobile thing, but he may not be able to run a 4-4 or any of that stuff, Cruz, but let me tell you something. If you made a cut-up of his 10 best throws and you put it against the 10 best throws of every other quarterback in this draft class, his is the best. From, from ball placement to layering the football to putting the ball where it needs to be at the right time, just everything that you want. His 10 best throws out of everybody else's 10 best throws are the 10 best throws in this draft class if you were to just make a cut-up tape right now of his 10 best throws. Yeah, we're about to look at some of his... His his high end for me is Joe Burrow, and we saw that in Georgia. I think his low end... I think, he's, I think honestly, he's kind of bust-proof. I know that sounds crazy, but his low end is Jared Goff. So, I mean, it is what it is. Oh, look, he's not mobile. There's his own read for, what, 40 yards? Man, I thought I thought he wasn't a mobile quarterback, Cruz. That's yeah, the narrative going like that. Anybody can run. I could have ran through that. It doesn't matter. The point remains, he's not mobile. Like he's Dwayne Haskins out there. That's what people are saying. My my point about this whole mobile thing is go turn on the Indiana tape. The guy moves around like he's Joe Burrow back there. Go turn on the uh Penn State tape. He showed he showed flashes of it. The Michigan tape, he showed flashes of it. People say, oh, the first time we saw it was in Georgia. No, it was the first time you were watching him play all year was at Georgia. And it's the first time you actually saw it. He's done this all year. He's been that guy all year. And I said it before the, the Georgia game. People laughed at me. I, and he wound up being that guy. Look, that's a beautiful ball placement. That's a beautiful throw. It's a beautiful ball placement. He does that consistently. He works the pocket, stamps up, makes the throw. Beautiful timing. Formation's great. Throwing motion is great. The ball is perfect. It's a touchdown. There's another one. Ball placement. Layers it perfectly over the corner's head and it dropped before the safety was able to come over. That's what you're looking for in consistent on a consistent basis from NFL quarterbacks, and that's what he delivers. Here. Oh, look. Not, he's not mobile. Look at that. Throws back behind his body. Thought he wasn't mobile. Touchdown. 
So what do you say to the people who say that Ohio State has nothing but wide receiver ones up and down their roster, and that's all he's been throwing to for the last two years? It's his fault that he went to Ohio State? I mean, I, he went and played for the best school, one of the best schools in the country. It's not his fault. Like, I mean, he can't help it. It's not his fault Brian Hartline's there, and Brian Hart, Hartline's producing wide receivers. Like, like I, it's not his fault. You go to school where you go to school. You go to school to play where you want to go. Where do you want? Like, where do people want him to go? Like, do they want him to go to Miami of Ohio and be successful there? Like, is that what they want? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Sometimes he goes where he went to school where he went to school, and he can't help the talent that's around him. There you see him again, not being mobile. Didn't we watch a Florida quarterback throw in the back corner of the end zone? He threw it five yards behind the wide receiver. Like this that is the did. stuff I'm talking about. Like he puts the ball perfectly. Those and he does that consistently. You got to be consistently good in order to be in the NFL. And he's consistently good. He makes if we're talking throws on the on the difficult level of one to ten, you got to consistently make the the four to six consistently. And he does that, and and then at times he has ten. Look, beautiful pocket presence, steps up, delivers the ball. Sure, he's wide open, but guess what? You got to get past that pocket presence, and he does there, makes a beautiful throw, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, like we said earlier, it doesn't matter how wide open your receiver is, you still have to make the throw at the end of the day. And then that last throw there was layering the football again. He got it in there just in time before the safety came over. Those are the throws I'm talking about that I look at and say, this guy's the best quarterback in this draft class, and it's not even a question. So he's going number one overall, right? Should. I don't DJ know if he will. To the Panthers. He should. I would. I wouldn't even think twice about it. It Like, we knew two weeks heading in that Andrew Luck was going to be the number one overall pick. Right. If That's what it would be for me if I was Carolina, but we'll see. So there you go. Once again, let me pull it up. Who's top eight? So let's talk about – we didn't talk about these last three. DTR, we don't need to talk about him. He's irrelevant. Uh, I would keep an eye on him. That's a guy who – because you're probably going to have four, maybe five go in the first round. Maybe Hendon Hooker sneaks into the back half of the first round there. DTR – has been a guy I've I've always kind of liked. I thought throwing motion wise, everything he's been, you know, it's beautiful. It's just he he doesn't play for Alabama, he doesn't play for Florida, he doesn't play for these big schools, so he doesn't he plays for Chip Kelly and that, you know, it is what it is. He can be a guy, like I said with Hendon Hooker, it's gonna go in the second round. And we're gonna be looking at in a, in a few years and say, how did this guy go around two? Or how did this guy go in round three? Because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, this guy has everything you want in the NFL. Just, man, dude. I, I, I He's getting slept on, for sure. So, yeah, Clayton Toon, who not a lot of people are, are really talking about right now. What do you like about him? Mobility. I The way he plays... His style, he plays a lot like some guys who are in the NFL. Is he going to be a starter? I don't know. But you don't, not every quarterback that gets drafted is going to be a starter. Guess what? Chase Daniels made a, made a buku amount of money by being a backup for a decade. You can be a backup for a decade and be very, very good. He reminds me very much of, of the Heineken man down there in Washington, Taylor Heineke. 
and the way that he plays. And and the arm strength isn't great, but he's mobile enough. He can do all those types of things. Like he's a guy who I think is going to be around for a decade, and he he may not be a guy that we're talking about every year as as oh man, this guy's one of the top thirty two quarterbacks in the NFL when I do my rankings every year. But this is a guy who. You're, you may look back at 10 years from now and be like, Clayton Toon's still in the league? Like, because he's one of those guys where it's, you know, he's going to, he'll probably be holding the clipboard, but he's going to be very, very good. And last but not least, Tanner McKee out of Stanford. <sighs> Tanner McKee at one point was, people were arguing he was number six, maybe number five. He's not mobile. And, I'm sorry, like I don't mean to be that guy because I, I do like guys who are not mobile, but in today's game, you gotta be mobile. You just have to. I watched that I watched what happened last year when you weren't mobile, your quarterback absolutely murdered. Uh he doesn't have a great arm either. It's okay. So like he's kind of fallen down the list for me because like some of these guys ahead of him have special traits. He doesn't do anything too special. And it's like He's okay, and I think he, he may carve out a career as a backup, but ultimately this isn't the guy who I'm looking at and saying is going to be one of the best quarterbacks. I mean, he may be a guy who we're talking about playing in the XFL in a couple of years. And I don't I don't mean that as like a a knock. I mean, for some guys, you know, the NFL just it, – it, it isn't it. But it doesn't mean he can't carve out a great career doing something else. Right. So – once again, that's Stu's one through eight. Stu, go ahead and tell people what projects you have coming up. Yeah, my top 50 big board comes out. The draft is on Thursday, so my big board will be out on Wednesday. It'll be the day before. It's my top 50 prospects. Um, you know, I rank them, obviously, one through 50, who I think the best players are, those types of things. My mock draft is coming up. My final mock draft, unlike... Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, everybody else, especially Ryan Wilson over there at uh, CBS Sports where he does like, I think, 110 mock drafts. Like, I don't do 9, 10, 11, 12 mock drafts. I do three. And my third and final one is coming out on Monday. It's coming out this week, uh, maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be the one that we judge things on. A- am I right? Am I wrong? Who did I get right? Who did I get wrong? Those are the things that we'll we'll hold we'll hold it to, and we'll see ultimately. But my final mock draft, yeah, comes out on uh, this week, and then after that, after the draft, I kind of switch back to doing just some normal content interviews, those types of things, and then at the end of the month in May, heading into June, I'm going on an anniversary trip. When I come back, dude top 32 quarterbacks and that's going to take up the month of june definitely excited for that um if you guys saw this earlier this is alluding to a a network thing um trivia power rankings we have been doing a trivia show uh if you have not seen those go check it out one of the first semifinal was the other day was posted uh i think yesterday maybe two days ago um Possibly, Ken. You're very, hey. you're, you're probably right. Tom Brady, after his name didn't get called after day two, he started, he, he started thinking about selling insurance as well. So you never know. Um, but yes, as, as I was saying, 
uh, the first semifinal uh, posted a couple days ago, and my team, fortunately, we took the dub in that one. Uh, Stu, you guys are coming up in the next semifinal in yeah. the next week yeah, and a half, are. week or two or so. Uh, he is number three. I am number I may one. Be, Not I may be number three, and, and Walker may be ahead of me, but hey, Ken, nobody had a better single-game performance so far this year than me, so go back, check the tape. I think I'm the best, but Cruz, Cruz, Cruz is great. He's smart, those types of things. If I ain't one, I'm two. The fact that I'm three is what bugs me, but hey, you know what? It is what it is. I appreciate that. I just came up clutching uh, some big moments, and that's that's all people remember. Um, but yes, as Lou Stu alluded to, the draft is Thursday. We are doing our third annual Off the Ball Network draft show. We will be live during the entirety of the draft from pick one to pick actually 31 this year since the Dolphins had to forfeit their pick. But we will be covering the entire first round live. The cool thing about that night is that we have as many people as we can on from the network. Uh, we are analysts. We do view these from a... a analytical standpoint um but that night we are also fans so for those of you that haven't seen mo's uh michael parsons meltdown a couple years ago is a uh, otbn classic um, instant classic moment but so definitely be on the lookout for that after the draft is over with um we start looking at uh, uh rookie mini caps otas and we're looking at preseason, and we're in full swing. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, great contact. And let me say this. I made the decision. I'm not going to flip out because I've made the decision, and I've told myself it's probably going to be Will Levis or it's probably going to be Anthony Richardson. And despite what the inner draft analyst in me says, despite how I feel about these two guys, if, if, they're, if one of them's a Colt, then I'm riding with them. I'm right. If we're going to crash, we'll crash together. Then that, I guess uh, if the plane goes down, I'm going down with it, I guess, in the sense of I'll be their biggest fan. I'll root for them, those types of things, despite what the inner draft analyst in me thinks about them and, and what I think they'll be in the NFL. Spoken like a true fanatic. So once again, mark your calendars this Thursday, uh, April 27th. Um, definitely tune in. It's going to be a fun night, too. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, once again, go look at his rankings. His top 50 comes out this week, his third and final mock draft. And I like the shots fired over there at all the big networks. We'll come out with mock draft 27.0. I mean, um, it's just like the same guy who does like 800 NCAA brackets and then gets one right. And they're like, oh, look at me. It's like, yeah, it only took you 800 <laughs> to do. What about the other 799 that you got completely wrong? Like, that's what I hate about these is – um <laughs> oh man uh anyways i'm gonna ignore that comment but anyways yeah like i don't know i i'm not trying to throw shots or anything it's just it, it's funny to sit there and make 22 mock drafts and then when you get it right be like yeah i told you yeah it took you 22 tries how do i know you're not pulling the 13th one up that you made and said look i got it right but you also had you know nine others after that that were completely wrong so for me, I, I'm a guy, you know this, Cruz. I like to be right, right? I want to be right more than anything. Right. We all but do. I don't think there's anybody out there that points out how wrong they are on guys like I have with myself. I don't think I've heard anybody admit 
how wrong that they've been as much as I've met. I've admitted I was super wrong on Josh Allen. I was super wrong on a guy like Jalen Hurts. I was wrong on a guy like Lamar Jackson. So I, I have no problem with being wrong. That's fine. That, you know, that's part of the fun in this thing. But I'm not going to make 22 and then point out the, the fifth one and say, look at me, I was right. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Sorry, it's a rant for a different I, – I didn't <laughs> want to get on, but hey. Here we are. So, yes, once again, draft night, Thursday the 27th. It's going to be a fun time. Still, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Hope you guys all have a great evening. Hope you guys tune in to the next show. And I hope to see you guys on Thursday night.